0: For the last three years, Sam Howell has been the face of North Carolina football. He's been the heart and the soul of the team, and now his wildest dreams are going to come true as he hears his name called as part of the 2022 NFL Draft tonight from Las Vegas. Today, John Garcia, Jr., Locked On's college football recruiting insider, joins me to talk all things Sam Howell, from his recruitment to his draft status and what he has meant to the North Carolina football program. All of that coming up on today's episode of Locked On Tar Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, April 29th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's North Carolina Tar Heels website, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. Please remember, we're free and available everywhere you get podcasts, so why not subscribe right now? Also, I know a bunch of you are watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I wanna remind you, you can subscribe, you can hit the like button, you can hit the bell so you're reminded every time a new episode drops most importantly leave leave a comment let's have great conversation going about sam howe maybe maybe you want to talk about who you think is going to draft him or uh where he's going to get drafted or your favorite sam howe memory from his time as a tar heel and that that's just some of the great ways we can engage with one another and continue to grow this community As I said, it is John Garcia Jr. Day. I I hope you've been listening when he's been on the show the past couple weeks. This guy is a baller. His stuff is gold, and we have the honor of getting to chat with him every week. And so I I hope it's been as insightful and profound for you as it has been for me. Again, today's gonna be all about Sam Howell, and I can't wait for you to hear the insights, the fun stories uh, that John Garcia has to share his conversation about the humanity of these young men. It's all wonderful, and we're gonna get into it right now. We are joined once again on Locked on Tar Heels by John Garcia Jr., our college football recruiting insider. John, so great to have you. It is NFL Draft Week, and what does that mean? we got to talk about Sam Howell.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great time of year. I mean, obviously, we get to see the future of the NFL, but really for us in the college ranks, we get to see guys that we've covered for so long fulfill that lifelong dream. Uh, so it is, it is a beautiful week to take in, and Sam Howell is um, probably – uh, one of the more decorated quarterbacks going in, but maybe the most experienced, my goodness, looking back on him a little bit today, four-year high school starter, obviously gets to Carolina, doesn't miss a beat there. I mean, this guy has thrown for like 250 touchdowns in the last seven years. I mean, it's, it's like a his, his volume is nuts. Uh, it is so unique. So I, I, I did not bring up the numbers for every quarterback in the draft, but I would, without looking it up, I would say, Howell has the most in-game throws and experience of, of any quarterback that's going to hear his name called this weekend. So that, there's something to be said for that beyond all the other comparables that I'm sure we'll get into.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to go back to something you said right at the beginning there, this this weekend being the fulfillment of a, of a childhood, a lifelong dream. And, and I know you talked to some of these guys. What, what, do, what, like for somebody like me that just will never experience something on that level – can you try to quantify or put into words exactly what that dream fulfilled feels like? It is just, it is like
1: really the one time I would say winning a championship and getting drafted. Those are the only times where you feel these humans, because they are humans, right? We feel these humans like breathe that sigh of relief. It's <laughs> it's like, I've made it like no one can take this, millisecond of time away from me that moment where in this case you hear your name called or maybe you get the phone call from the owner or what have you or to me when you win a championship when the clock hits zero those two moments we get the most humanity out of these these modern gladiators really talking about football players um and in in the draft it's so special because of the added elements to it Mm -hmm. because of how long it takes to get drafted you can win a title every year right technically for the draft it's from the first moment someone introduced you to the sport, to playing it, to getting good at it, to finding out your position, to developing, to getting to high school, to to starting on varsity, getting on the radar, getting a scholarship, accepting a scholarship, getting to college, making that transition, winning a starting job there, putting enough on tape in college to then hear your name called at the professional level. There's just so many steps. And those are just the on-field steps. That it takes to get to this point so many people so many um opportunities you have to jump right into so many sacrifices so many things go to that moment and you can feel it you could see it. it it is often met with tears uh or just joy uh relief i think is a part of that as well and and talking to these high school kids you know we go to their schools we go to their neighborhoods or in their houses sometimes and there's a lot of varying situations including some where there's no food, or there's there's really no resources. So mm. it means even more when, when those kids hit that moment as young men uh, yeah. to to, kind of, to finally br- breathe a sigh of relief for some of them for really the first time in their lives.
0: That's so good, John. I appreciate you giving that insight because I think – like one of the things I think for us in sports media is we, we talk about the, all the on-field stuff all the time, but I, I feel like we have – um, a responsibility to help fans see the humanity in these young men and women that we talk about, and um, and so I, I love you bringing bringing that up. And and these really are those moments. I mean, like you know, the a young man answers his phone at the draft, and you can just see his hand shaking. And what uh, what what are some of those human moments? Why are those important to share? Because at the end of the day, for I mean, for us, we're journalists,
1: right? I mean, we we are built to tell a story, but um, I think it also comes from just being fans of the sport. We know, <laughs> we have it, like an understanding of what it means too. Like we get it, like, holy crap, you just got, you know, picked 12th overall to, to go in the NFL draft. I mean, that will be written in history, locked and keyed um, forever. Uh, so there's, there's a historical context. There's a human context. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. Um, and I think it's our job, like you said, it's our responsibility to keep the human element in it. When you know, everything is every sport, what do we hear analytics? We hear numbers, uh, this guy, you know, basketball plus minus or efficiency rates and all these things, miles, we're tracking miles per hour for goodness sakes. Uh, so it's, it's always important to remind us to take a step back. And while all that's great, um, there's, there's a humanity behind it as well. And I think those personalities, those traits that, that kind of transcend sports, become in in a lot of ways the biggest part of how we describe the athlete even in their sport like with Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. to bring it back to Carolina when you talk about him and, and people talk about his aura and all these things it often shifts to like his competitiveness not as much how great he was on the court but like his demeanor his competitiveness his drive his consistency his leadership um his his willingness to sacrifice so I mean it goes to all these human elements that trans translate to all these other elements of our lives. And oftentimes it really is the strength of their, their game in their respective Mm. sport as well. So we're supposed to be kind of the middlemen, the messengers in in that whole conversation.
0: And that, that's so good. And and what I love is the man that we're talking about today, Sam Howe, uh, especially in this year of NIL and all this money, has really gotten to show who he truly is of giving some of that money back to those who need it. Some of those you talked about young men where there's literally no food. And And I love to see somebody like Sam Howe who, who doesn't need that taking an opportunity to give back. And so we're going to dive in to, before we know Sam Howell, the the Tar Heel, Sam Howell's recruitment, uh, and we're going to look at that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you all about Built Bar. Built Bars are a great candy bar replacement option covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie and mint puffs, and recently I just saw that they have blueberry muffin flavor on sale. Yes, I want that. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste wonderful for you, and then they come back and figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they always pull it off and it's always great. Go to the and scroll down to the macros chart. You're gonna love what you see there. High protein, low carb. High fiber, low calories. Let me give you some of the specific numbers. 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, and yet 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar and you know which choice to make. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Well, for the first time ever, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and gurus. So it started last night. Hopefully you had a chance to tune in. If you didn't, man, dive in tonight for day two and make sure you're there tomorrow, Saturday for day three, as well as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It's going to be available on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel and on the Odyssey app. We're joined today on Locked on Tar Heels, as we are just about every week now by John Garcia Jr. It's NFL Draft Week. We're talking all about Sam Howell. And before we get to Sam Howell, who's going to be drafted, we're going to talk a little bit about Sam Howell, the high school recruit. And so, um, John, I, I know you you saw him. You saw that cannon of an arm uh, back in high school. What, what do you remember or, or talk to us about him as a recruit?
1: So the first time I heard about Sam Howell, I was... At a camp in Charlotte, a Nike camp, um, and this was loaded. You know, so for those who don't know that Nike camps did, don't hit every city; they they more focus on regions. So their hmm. southern camp was was really Charlotte. So because of of the lack of camps, kids from Georgia came up, kids from the DMV came down, uh, and it just became this this loaded camp. Like Trevor Lawrence was there, Justin <laughs> Fields was there. Oh uh, it was it was such a loaded camp that we were we were focused on that group, which is the year. Uh, before Sam Howell was a senior. So we're, we're watching all these seniors. Hendon Hooker was there. He's, he's starting for Tennessee now. Yeah. We're watching all these seniors uh, who look great. Uh, I'm tracking them, and, and I get a tap on my shoulder from a college teammate of mine, actually, at, at that school right there, Averett, which is in Virginia. And he's like, hey, I know you're watching like the greatest quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, but <laughs> there's this young guy that you need to go watch. His name is Sam Howell, and he started as a freshman. So at this point, I think he was a year or two into his high school career, already lighting it up for Sun Valley uh, in Monroe, North Carolina. And I said, okay, let me get a couple more throws with Trevor and then I'll go over to Sam. The first Sam throw was like just on a rope 30 yards down the field where every <laughs> other kid was putting air on it. Sam was like this. And I was like, this is the kid you're talking about? And he was like, yeah, man, I told you. So he ended up knowing uh, – my, my guy ended up knowing uh, one of the – offensive culture coaches at, at uh, Sun Valley and so I started talking to him and, and we just kind of dove all into Sam Howell that day I think he only had an offer or two at that point um but but really that was the impression on the first throw and he he maintained that the, the next two years of his high school recruitment he was just known like you said to have this cannon this this right arm that just pops. Um, He can drop his arm angle. He was a good athlete and he was always physically built, you know, not the tallest guy, obviously, but he was always really compact, uh, kind of built for contact. And and we saw in high school, he used that to his advantage. And obviously, at Carolina, we saw that a plenty running away from from defenders left and right. (laughs) So what was interesting about covering him as a prospect was, he was closer to the Sam how we see today as a high school sophomore and junior Than most kids that we track usually there's Mm. a huge like physical maturation and all this other stuff like sam was already kind of there physically so he was really dominant at the high school level and and you just kind of knew if there was a kid who was going to be able to get into college and compete early it was this kind of recruit built physically a good enough athlete with mobility to to challenge you uh with his legs but really Mm also with, with a world class arm on top of that so Sam gave us all those elements and then again you know there's really no substitute for four years of, of varsity experience and that's why he became arguably the most coveted quarterback in the country and if you look back to the other quarterbacks that year, not a great quarterback year like we <laughs> we were a little fooled at the time I think if we re reset and somehow went back, I think Sam Howell would have been the consensus number one quarterback in the country mm. because uh, at the time it was Spencer Rattler, of course, not South Carolina, right. Bo Nix, who's not Oregon, uh, and Sam. Those were kind of the three that everybody was talking about, um, but Sam and, and I guess Bo as well had had just so much experience and they were both so dynamic with their legs but then Spencer had this, you know, slender frame, rocket arm and he won the elite 11 and, and that, you know, goes a long way in some of these discussions. Sure. Sure. Um but in hindsight, not the best quarterback class and we could certainly uh, lift Sam Howell to the top of that board if we could do it all over again.
0: Man, that that's incredible and uh you know, for a while uh he was not the, going to be the Tar Heels quarterback. He had made <laughs> other decisions and then along comes Mac Mac Brown and so kind of kind of walk through that a little bit.
1: Yeah, committed to Florida State, I believe, in the spring, around this time of year, April, kind of wrapping up his junior season or junior spring, I should say, at at Sun Valley. uh, Commits to Willie Taggart at Florida State, uh, which was uh, kind of up and coming, right? They were coming off of of their first year under Taggart uh, after the whole Jimbo Fisher, you know, bolt for (laughs) Texas A&M situation. So uh, certainly Sam Howell was the galvanizing force behind what was a really – good FSU recruiting class. I mean, they were loaded offensively and defensively with him being the the centerpiece of the entire class, rooting his tail off for Florida State um, and building a monster uh, set to to arrive in Tallahassee. Um, But as the fall came around, FSU struggles again, I think five Mm. and seven, maybe that Mm -hmm. year. Uh, But but so did Carolina. Carolina struggled and obviously makes a coaching change of their own. Um, and really, as soon as Mac Brown was hired, you just heard, "Keep an eye on North Carolina for Sam because <laughs> he's he's a Monroe kid, grew up a Tar Heel fan." It just, for one reason or another, didn't mesh with the Larry Fedora camp. The yeah. same way yeah. with Mac Brown, there was a there was like a nostalgia there. He had literally rooted for Mac Brown at Carolina prior, so so many things started to line up combined with the the rumblings at florida state that things were just not going well under tagger which of course came you know they were true they were they were correct early fields there um in tallahassee so all of that hit an apex leading into early signing day sam had to go radio silent everybody was was just wondering this thing was a coin flip is is he going to flip to carolina or, or is he not uh and FSU got the last visit, which was a huge deal. Right. I remember reporting yeah. like FSU's got the last visit and and that has to mean a lot. So I was leaning towards him sticking with FSU. Uh, but of course, he flips on signing day, early signing day in December to Carolina. And he becomes, I believe, the 10th prospect to decommit from Florida State in that class. So <sighs> that's how loaded they were. They had 10 kids decommit at one point Gosh. or another. Uh, including you know really the quarterback that changed their trajectory just as much as it changed North Carolina's trajectory so a huge win you could tell it was a lot for Sam he he did not when he made that initial commitment he, he obviously did not intend on changing his mind but all of the circumstances changed around the home state school he grew up rooting for so it was certainly yeah. reasonable uh, to see why he made that move and uh, FSU ends up not signing a quarterback. Carolina doesn't need to sign one after they grab <laughs> Sam, and, they, and they're kind of off to the races, building a great quarterback room that we're about to see come to fruition in, in 2022, while Florida State may still be searching for a quarterback after all of that. So it is it is quite the unique uh, situation where one school went this way and the other school went the other way, really because of one player at, at one important position.
0: And, and that's in, so crazy to me, John. Like, is that is that a thing that happened? Like, this one player, and now you just see this avalanche of people committing to Carolina still today that I think was a floodgate opened by that Sam Howe flip. I mean, is there something to that?
1: There's absolutely something to that. You know, I think when you're a new coaching staff in particular, and there's like 20 schools going through this right now, when, when you're in that first cycle, you have to get that splash headliner recruit. Um, mm-hmm. And and for Mac, I mean, it just happened to be right in state, you know, not too far from Chapel Hill. Uh, it it kind of laid out nicely for him. And, and I don't know if he's commented on this, but I, I'm sure before he took that job, he, he looked around and said, you know, who, you know, who could I build around? And I guarantee you, Sam Howell's name came up before he ever accepted the Carolina job, because mm-hmm. Mac understands you have to recruit uh, at the collegiate level. So, Once you get someone like that to provide a benefit of the doubt, others will do so. And really since then, North Carolina has largely owned the state relative to the top football recruits in the Tar Heel State since that point, really. Uh, And I think Howell was certainly the catalyst for that. There was, you know, I think the nostalgia of Brown coming back in general was, was important there too, because now the decision makers around kids, high school coaches, parents, family, etc., mentors. Now they also remember, Hey, this, this guy's been here and done that at this school, you know, it provided a different energy into North Carolina, uh, which was always before it was kind of the school where you would grab a coach like Larry Fedora, an up and coming group of five guy who has a great concept that you want to now scale up into the power five. Yeah. Never a, Hey, this guy's already done that. So let's just do that. <laughs> so I think that provided more um more of a floor uh for, for yeah. this program itself as well, all at the same time. Uh, but there's no doubt that Sam Howell was certainly Mac Brown's most important recruit to this point. Um and, and time will tell us just how important going forward. But uh there's no doubt that that shifted the the national perception with North Carolina. Uh it, it shifted the perception for Florida State and and it kind of made people say, "Hey, like Sam Howell can now go here and, and maybe get the job day one." And obviously, he did that. Um, so I think it, it changed the trajectory for Sam Howell too. You know, that's we, we talk about all these ripple effects, but the kid making the ripple, you know, he benefited quite a bit as well.
0: Absolutely, he did, and we're going to see that come to fruition this very weekend. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about in just a moment, right after I tell you a little bit about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one choice for all your betting sports and stats info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs in the beginning of the MLB season. Betonline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to find out more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're joined today on Locked On Tar Heels by John Garcia Jr., Locked On's College Football Recruiting Insider. John's been sharing about Sam Howell and his recruitment and all sorts of great stuff today. And now we're going to move to talking about what's happening this weekend, and that is the NFL draft. And um, the first thing I want to talk about, John, is it seemed heading into last season. Sam Howell's a Heisman candidate. Sam Howell is essentially a a guaranteed first round pick. And now he might might be a Friday pick. What what contributes to that? Oh, so much. So much. Um, I I do
1: think that uh, the status of the last couple of drafts, which have been quarterback heavy, both in talent and volume, Mm. can Mm -hmm. begin to offset that um, on the front end and on the back end, the other positions certainly contribute to it as well. Um, certainly Howell's stock 12 months ago was higher. But, look, I mean, it's always way off when you're so far out. Um, so so I think that's another important thing to bring up. But really it's just the emergence of other players and positions, right? This mm. pass rusher class, this offensive tackle <laughs> class, this wide receiver class and cornerback class are all four, five, six deep. You know, So you start adding up these positions that are – also premium positions like quarterback and all of a sudden you're like man these these quarterbacks can go three in the top 10 or three in the top 60 and it wouldn't really surprise anybody so I think that's part of it as well Um, and then for Sam in particular Isaac I think he does have a particular skill set I think he's got a skill set that points to certain types of offenses offenses Mm. that that move the launch point offenses that that bring more onto the the legs and mind of a quarterback as opposed to systems that are more like San Francisco's, that are West Coast, more based on efficiency and releasing the ball early as opposed to, you know, nickel-nickel big play like, like other yes. offenses are built yes. in the NFL. So I, I think s- schematically he does fit more of the wide-open offense uh, style than than the more conservative pro style or efficient based offenses like in San Francisco, like in Miami and and certain other areas. And and then uh, again, you've got this influx of young talent all over the NFL at the quarterback position right now. I mean, how many first or second year quarterbacks are, are captaining these teams. It's probably a third of the NFL yeah. is captained right now by a first- or second-year guy um, in, in this last draft, had a bunch of them too, right? Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Wilson up in New York, um, Matt Jones. I mean, the list really goes on and on. So I do think that the desire for quarterbacks at the very top isn't quite the same. I mean, the Jaguars have the number one pick just like they did last year. So that's kind of a good microcosm of it as well um and again the the quarterback draft class there's no one unanimous number one guy so i think that mm. kind of hurts the overall yeah. perception of of where these quarterbacks can go because you can order it you know picket corral howell willis uh ridder or you can literally create another combination of those five in any way shape or form because they're all so very different i think howell and corral are comparable both yeah. really good athletes, quick triggers, guys who are, are confident in their in their play, experienced, uh, will, will bet on their guy before the other, very competitive as well. Uh, I think Malik Willis is probably the most dynamic of, of these quarterbacks. Ritter can move, but he's, he's a big, long prospect. Uh, and the delivery gets a little bit long as well, so he needs to be in, in the right fit as well. And Kenny Pickett, volume guy, right? I mean, a ton of production late in his college career, so... It could be red flaggy from earlier in his career. He's one that I would look to more of a conservative system uh, for the next level. So I do do think stylistically uh, Howell fits differently than some of these guys as well. So it really is a a preference. It really is about looking for the right fit for your franchise. Um, But again, I, I just can't imagine any of these guys that have thrown more passes in a game then, Sam Howell, over the last seven years, you're talking about uh, well over 20,000 yards uh, and like 230-something touchdowns. I mean, it is, it is absurd to put all of those numbers together, um, and I think there's no substitute for that at the end of the day. And when it is this close and guys are this different athletically, those are some of the intangibles that you look for because, by all indication, as a leader, as a person, as a decision-maker overall – um, all of the things that are attached to the quarterback position, Howell checks a lot of those boxes.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a teammate you want in your locker room. That's that's a player you want for you as an ownership. Uh, so I love your point there, John, about this the supply and demand of it, right? Like because of this influx, well, we don't all need quarterbacks quite as much. And so that's certainly a dynamic to watch. Now, there are a lot of people, though, that aren't going to pick up on things. And if if and when Sam Howell falls to the second round, there's going to be people that say, oh, maybe Sam Howell isn't who we thought he was. Does that negatively affect, you know, we're, we're talking recruitment. That's your thing. So if Sam Howell falls to the second round, do, do recruits see that as like a, a, a negative against the Tar Heels? Nah, no,
1: he's still going really early in the NFL draft. Uh, I think it's relative to the quarterback pecking order. So, I mean, he's going to go no lower than, what, fifth at the worst between these guys. Uh, so if you're a top five quarterback coming out, you're, you're a top five quarterback coming out. And I think that's, that speaks for itself in most classes. I don't really think that's something that another school is going to bring up. Uh, I guess unless it's what Pitt, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, or Liberty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many recruiting battles does Carolina have with those four programs relative to the, the order this year? So, yeah, I, I don't think that comes up much. If anything, as long as it's not a huge surprising slide to where he's like undrafted or something, then I do think it has an impact because it's like, well, how well did Mac Brown develop Sam Howell's talent? But as long as he goes where we think he's going to go, it's really only a positive for Carolina. Um, and, and look, it, it's it's all TBD anyway, right? I mean, we, we know in the NFL that the draft order where you get picked really has little to do with, with projecting the actual success that you have. Yeah. So time will tell on that, uh, but Sam Howell is going to factor into some NFL quarterback room. Beginning this weekend, um, and again, if his track record has anything to say about it, he's, he's going to force his way onto the field at some point, and, and that's always a positive for the for collegiate program. That's right.
0: Man, great stuff as always from John Garcia. Uh, John, brother, thank you so much. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the draft. I'm sure it's so cool for you to see all these young men that you've covered through the years rising and, uh, and making those dreams come true to bring it full circle to the beginning of our conversation.
1: Nothing like it, boss. Thanks for having me on again.
0: Absolutely. Always. Can't wait. Next week, John and I are going to be talking about two Ohio State transfers that committed to Carolina this week. That's going to be next week on Locked on Tar Heels with John Garcia, Jr. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. That's it for this week of Locked on Tar Tar Heels. And what a week it's been from the Gigi Jackson commitment to talking about the NFL draft, the return of Caleb Love and RJ Davis. My goodness, it's the offseason, but we are still going. So stay tuned in. Let's keep having all these great conversations. Well, if you want to, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, at Isaac Shade, I S A A C S C H A D E. Great content there for you. Um, coming up next week, yeah, you better believe we're talking about where Sam Howell's gonna land. We're gonna dive all into all of that great content. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every single day, and now let me encourage you to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen today. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available everywhere you get podcasts. Thanks so much for spending your Friday and your week talking Carolina sports with me. Can't wait to get back together and do it all over again on Monday. I hope you have a great weekend. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next week, peace!